What's up, what's up, what's up, Los Angeles basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside. This podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and is sponsored by DraftKings.com. And I am your unbiased host, L.A. Ray Harris, here to bring you content regarding the Lakers and the Clippers. The regular season is only 10 days away, and I know everyone's getting excited to get this season underway. Laker fans want to atone from last year and make it to the finals. And the Clipper fans, of course, want to make it to their first ever NBA championship. In this particular episode, though, I'm going to focus on the Los Angeles Clippers and where I see them right now and where I see them going moving forward. Now, one thing I will ask is, you know, what can you discern from the preseason so far that we've seen from the Los Angeles Clippers or any team for that matter? And my answer to that question would be not a damn thing. It's the preseason. Pump the brake, folks. It is the preseason, not only for the Clippers, the Lakers, and all other teams. You really can't gain too much from the NBA preseason. It's similar to the NFL preseason. Coaches don't want to put their players out on the floor and giving them too many minutes in the uh, um, off chance that they may get injured. So that's what's happening. You, you, you think it's going to be low management in the regular season, which it will be for a lot of teams and a lot of players. But in the preseason, absolutely low management to the fullest. But let's take a look at the L.A. Clippers real quick here. And again, what they've done so far. Uh, one of the one of the big question marks about the Clippers, of course, is, you know, how they're going to play without without their stu- superstar uh, Kawhi Leonard. And if you look back at last year in the playoffs, when Leonard got hurt uh, against Utah, the Clippers players, they really stepped up. They stepped their game up big time, especially Reggie Jackson, who was arguably the second best player. Well, not even arguably. He was the second best player on the Clippers team behind Paul George after Kawhi Leonard got hurt. And the Clippers made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals against Phoenix, where they lost four games to two. There were a lot of pundits who didn't think that the Clippers would make it that far once Leonard got hurt. I was one of them. I didn't think that they would get past Utah. But they somehow was able to persevere and dig deep within themselves, and they got past Utah and um, played a pretty good series against uh, the Phoenix Suns. I think they just pretty much ran out of gas. So what do we look for for the Clippers this season? We know that Kawhi Leonard more than likely will not be playing this year. Now, there's a slight chance, of course, depending on how well the Clippers do, I suppose, that uh, Leonard may come back maybe mid-year or maybe three-quarters into the year. That is definitely a possibility. Um, Leonard is a type of guy, however, though, is he, he really – he really looks after his body very, very carefully. You can't really blame the guy for that. Uh, I would not be surprised if Kawhi Leonard uh, set out the whole season or maybe even possibly come back for the playoffs. And, you know, that's a slight possibility there. But in any event, let's just say that he's going to be out for the entire season. And if that's the case, you know, where, what, what do the Clippers do? Where, where do they go from there? We know the starting lineup is going to be Paul George, I'm going to call him superstar Paul George because the guy, again, really stepped his game up. I'm telling you now, nah, 
that the boy was balling. He was balling out in those playoffs, and he showed fans, Clipper fans, fans across the NBA that the season before that in the bubble, as far as his individual performance was a fluke, and Paul George showed why he is definitely a top 10 player in this league, maybe even arguably a top seven player. That's a debate for another day. So you're going to have him starting. And, of course, you're going to have Reggie Jackson, point guard. Reggie Jackson just signed a uh, two-year extension, $11 million, I believe it's around $11 million per year. Good for Reggie Jackson because, again, he stepped his game up tremendously in the playoffs. Big time. I mean, he was hitting buckets, clutch buckets from three, driving to the basket, doing everything that he needed to do to keep the Clippers uh, in the series. Uh, and to win the series against Utah and kept them in the series with Phoenix as well by hitting big bucket after big bucket. So, you know, those two are going to be the top two guys on the Clippers squad. Marcus Morris Sr., of course, he's going to be starting at power forward. And from that point, I'm thinking Justice Winslow is going to be the guy that takes uh, Kawhi Leonard's place in the starting lineup unless they go with a Terrence Mann who I really don't think Ty Lue is going to go that route. Justice Winslow is a guy, you know, even though he's coming off an injury, he's had a hip replacement, you know, for a guy so young. I think he's only around 26 or so. But just one thing about Justice Winslow is he's a a pretty good uh, wing defender and he can guard multiple positions. He can guard the two. He can guard the three, and in some cases, he can guard the four. There's even talk that when the Clippers go to a small lineup, Justin, uh, Justice Winslow may even be your center uh, in a case like that. So I'm thinking Winslow is going to be that guy to step into the starting lineup uh, in place of Kawhi Leonard until Leonard returns. Now, from what I've seen so far in the NBA preseason, and again, This is the preseason, so you can't discern too much from it. But I don't see Winslow as being comfortable in the offense yet for the L.A. Clippers defensively. He's doing his thing, but it's going to take him a while offensively to get his game together. He's not going to be a Kawhi Leonard offensively. We know that. But without Leonard, Winslow is going to have to give you some buckets. If he can average, say, 12 13 points a game, something like that, and then played uh, some really, really good stellar defense. I think the Clippers will take that, and I expect Winslow to do just that when the season starts. So uh, the Winslow piece is still up in the air as as far as how well he's going to fit in, and is he going to be able to produce um, offensively at a a decent pace or at a uh, decent output to offset the loss of Kawhi Leonard. So uh, the Winslow piece uh, just remains to be seen. You know, hopefully he's going to bring his A game and and, and be a very, very viable uh, factor for the Clippers. And another interesting piece is who's going to start at center. Now, of course, you got Visha Zubak, who played uh, most of the year last year at center because of the Ibaka back injury. And from all accounts, Ibaka is going to be ready for the regular season when it starts. So now it's just a matter of who's going to be in the starting lineup. Who is Ty Lue going to put in that spot? 
Will it be uh, Zubak or Ibaka? Now, obviously, Zubak is the, at this point in their careers, he's the better down-low player. And if the Clippers want to go big, uh, depending on matchups, and, you know, if they're thinking about dumping the ball down low uh, on a lot of occasions or on a lot of possessions, you'll see Zubak in there. You know, if they want to go a little bit smaller, it's not like Ibaka is a small guy, but he spreads the floor. Of course, better than Zubak can. Ibaka can shoot the ball from the outside as well, and he's a pretty good inside force as well. But how is his health going to hold up? And um, will he be a little rusty coming out the gate because he missed the majority of last year? I would say yes, he probably will. So my thought is, at the beginning of the season at least, my thought is that Ty Lue will start Zubak and then Ibaka will come off the bench and spell him. And again, it's going to depend on matchups and things like that. So again, as far as the starting lineups for the Clippers go, I've got Paul George, I've got Reggie Jackson, I've got Zubak, Marcus Morris, and Justice Winslow. Now, is that starting lineup good enough to take them to the Western Conference Finals? Of course, you have to have the reserves uh, do their part, and I'll talk about them in a second. But that's a decent starting lineup because your top two, Paul George and Reggie Jackson, they're going to fill up some buckets, baby. I can tell you that right now. Those guys are going to be firing it up. Reggie Jackson, um, again, this guy, and so far in the preseason, and again, I keep harping on this, it's the preseason, but Reggie Jackson is looking pretty good so far. This last game against the Dallas Mavericks, he was 5 out of 11 from the field and 3 of 5 from three-point land for 14 points. He looks like he's, uh, uh, he's picked up where he left off last season in the playoffs. So he is looking good so far. Paul George... He's looking okay. We, we, we all know how Paul George is. He'll start off a little slow, uh, and then he'll just pick up the pace. And then he'll start being the dominant force that he is. Did not play all that well against the Mavericks. Only two out of eight from the field. One of five from three-point land. I know uh, in the article in the LA Times, Ty Lue was talking about uh, possibly Paul George taking a lot more three-point shots. And... If that's the case, that's fine, as long as he's not forcing those three-point shots. As Ty Lue alluded to, if he has a drive open to the basket, we know Paul George needs to take that drive to the basket or take what the defense gives you. It's pretty much what Ty Lue is saying about Paul George. You know, if he has the mid-range shot that's open, if that's what the defense is giving you, then Paul George will take that mid-range shot, and he is a very, very good mid-range shooter. However, if they're leaving him open behind the three-point line, and, and Paul George is feeling it, which on most nights that he is, uh, then he's going to take that shot. So it's not going to be um, a certain number of shots behind the arc that he's looking for. He's not going to be looking for, let's see, well, I need to take at least 10 shots from behind the three-point arc. It's not going to be like that. What Ty Lewis said, if he's open from three, then you shoot the three. Whether that be three times a game, five times a game, 10 times a game, a dozen times. Whatever the defense is giving you, that's what Paul George is going to be expected to exploit. Now, as far as the reserves for the Clippers go, I think they have a very, very good reserve squad, one of the better reserve squads in the NBA. And it's going to depend, again, and I know this is a, it's a new season. If you guys listen to a lot of my episodes, I'm all over um, – 
I'm all over uh, Luke Kennard. I'm sorry. I'm all over Luke Kennard with the 16 million stacks that he got from Steve Ballmer. I'm looking for a breakout year from Luke Kennard. This is the year. The new contract starts, and it's time for him to start earning that money. Against the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Luke Kennard played 23 minutes. He was 5 of 9 from the field, 5 of 6 from beyond the arc. We know he can shoot free throws. He scored 19 points. As a matter of fact, he led all Clippers in scoring with 19. That's going to be uh, the, the, the output that I'm going to be looking for from Kennard uh, during the regular season. And if he can maintain that output or be consistent with that type of output, then the Clippers are going to be really, really hell to deal with, even, even without Kawhi Leonard. Terrence Mann is a player that's uh, up and coming. Uh, he had that one breakout game against, uh, I believe it was against Utah. We scored like 39 points. He's going to be uh, a very, very integral factor for this Clippers uh, bench as well. T Man brings you just, a, he's a 110% hustle. The guy just, he, he, he plays balls out, balls out. And if he can improve on his jump shot and uh, his drive to the basket, then you're going to have a very, very good player on your hand in, in, uh, in T-Man. T-Man's not going anywhere. He's going to be a clipper for a long time, so he's going to be very, very important coming off the bench. Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, I am really, really excited to see Eric Bledsoe play. In these first couple of exhibition games or preseason games, he got to the basket pretty much at will, and that's the type of player that he is. He can drive to the basket, dish, He's a decent outside shooter. You know, he's not a Steph Curry or anybody like that, but who is? But he can drive to the basket and dish. He can get his teammates involved. He can kick it out to uh, players from beyond the arc uh, like Kennard and, uh, and, and to shoot that three or even Batum for that matter. Or he can kick it out inside after he's driving to the basket uh, to a Zubak or a Serge Ibaka for some easy buckets. Nice, nice addition for the Clippers and picking up Bledsoe and um, there's going to be times where Ty Luke can play both Bledsoe and Reggie Jackson at the same time you can bring in Bledsoe and he can run the point Reggie Jackson is definitely good enough to play the off guard position and if you wanted to go small you can have both of those guys in the lineup at the same time again it all depends on matchups who they're playing and you definitely could put both of those guys in the lineup at the same time and get some very very good output Again, uh, Batum is another guy. We all know what he can do. The consummate professional. The guy just does just about everything well. Uh, he can shoot the ball. He can rebound. He can defend. He's a leader. Just, just a guy, a consummate professional. You know what you're going to get out of him. And as long as his health holds up, and um, he will be very, very important to this Clippers lineup as well. So there you have your starters and your reserves for the, the uh, L.A. Clippers starting off this 2021 to 2022 season. Some of the others, I'm very, very excited about Brandon Boston Jr. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr. picked in the second round. I think he was picked like 53rd or something like that, somewhere around in there. Um, many people thought he was going to be a first-round pick, so this kid is going to have uh, a chip on his shoulder. I tell you what. This guy is not afraid of anything, anyone, any situation. He can jack that pill up, will jack that pill up at any given notice. And I really, really like what I see from this guy. He's a very, very smooth player. 
you can tell by the way he plays that he has that, you know, he has that swag, let's say. That's what, that's what the young folks say out there. You know, he got that swag. You know, he played at Sierra Canyon with uh, uh, Bronny Bron, Bron James, and uh, Dwayne Wade's son, Zaire. But Boston was the best player on that team. He did not have a great freshman year with uh, Kentucky. Things did not go as planned there. But, hey, really, really doesn't mean much. The scouts were still on this guy. He is going to be a very, very good player down the road. I'm not sure how much run he's going to get with the Clippers this year. I would assume, you know, they're going to be grooming him all year. And at some point this season, he's going to start getting more minutes. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Boston playing. Kind of disappointed that Jason Preston has that foot injury. He's going to be out probably for at least a couple of months. You know, if anyone of you don't know the Jason Preston story, you know, just at a high level real quick, guy uh, from Orlando, Florida, did not get a single college scholarship offer coming out of high school, not even from Division two or three. Then he started playing with some uh, AAU team down in Orlando. Uh, his game got better. Scouts start watching, but it still wasn't from many other big colleges. So Ohio University, not Ohio State, Ohio University, a smaller school in Ohio, saw some tape, went and saw him play. Then that next thing you know, the guy just blew up. And he was also picked in the second round. And, you know, he's like a really, really good pick and roll type of player. So I'm really looking forward to him uh, playing once he comes uh, off of that injury. And then Keon Johnson, of course, was their first round draft choice. Uh, so far, the jury is out on him. Again, it's, it's just a young season. He's um, he's a guy that broke the uh, vertical jump record in the NBA combine. I think it may have been 48 inches or something like that. Guy can jump through the gym. You know, however, you got to be able to do more than that in the NBA. Okay, you have to be able to shoot. And that part of his game is still evolving. He's a decent defensive player, um, but he's going to have to become a better shooter if he wants to get more minutes. And then lastly, uh, the um, competition between Harry Giles and Hartenstein is, uh, is heating up pretty good. Now, this Hartenstein kid from Germany, he's playing very well. And Harry Giles, man, you better pick your game up because Hartenstein, it looks like he may be taking that 15 spot off the roster against Dallas. If you saw that game, the kid was 6 of 7, scored 16 points. They were plus 15 on the floor when he was out there. And Harry Giles, you know, he didn't he didn't play that that badly. He actually started in this game, played 20 minutes and scored 10 points himself with eight rebounds. So it's going to be inter interesting to see which one of these two players sticks on the roster between Giles and Hartenstein. So that's pretty much overall um, a take on the Clippers. Uh, so far, the season starts in about 10 days. Uh, the Clippers open up against Golden State at Golden State. The Lakers, for that matter, open up against Golden State as well in the Staples Center. So, again, fans, the season is coming upon us. It's going to be a great, great NBA season. And this uh, podcast here, the L.A. Courtside Pod, I will be giving you much more content once the season starts. I'll be doing two, sometimes three episodes per week, depending on how many games both the Clippers and the Lakers play during that week. And again, I am your unbiased host. I don't have any emotional ties with the Lakers 
or any emotional ties with the Clippers. I call it as I see it. If the team sucks or if they're not playing well, I will let you know that. Whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers, if they're both playing well, I will let you know that. So, again, if you're looking for some, from some sort of emotional ties or, or looking for me to troll the Lakers or the Clippers or call the Clippers the flippers or the Lakers the fakers and all of that jazz, uh, L.A. Ray, baby, I'm not the one for that. I'm strictly talking basketball and strictly bringing facts. And that's what I will be doing throughout the entire season. Now, before I get to my next segment real quick, just like an around the NBA segment, here's a word from my sponsor, DraftKings.com. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a depth deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. LA fans, welcome back to LA Courtside. Again, this podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and is sponsored by DraftKings.com. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes of LA Courtside Podcast, you can find this podcast on any other platforms where you get your podcast from, whether that be iHeartRadio, Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey. We're on all the platforms, so uh, please go and subscribe to L.A. Courtside Pod so you don't miss any future episodes regarding the Lakers and the Clippers. And again, let me emphasize this, L.A. sports fans, Lakers and the Clippers. I will have content on both of those teams all season long. There'll be episodes, some episodes where I'll just focus on just the Clippers. If they played a game on a given night, and the Lakers didn't play, the next episode will probably be just on that Clipper game or vice versa. Same with the Lakers. If they play and the Clippers don't play, I'll get some content and some analysis on the Laker game. And there's going to be some episodes where I'll be talking about both teams at the same time. So again, whatever platform that you get your uh, podcast from, make sure you go and subscribe to LA Courtside Pod. And also, by the way, you can find this podcast on Twitter at 
LA courtside pod. Just real briefly around the NBA, just want to make a couple of stops real quick. The first one in Brooklyn, of course, uh, just to give my take on what's happening there with the Kyrie Irving uh, vaccination and not getting the vaccination. I'm not going to get into whether or not people should get the vaccination or not. That's just one of those topics that I kind of keep that to myself. Uh, I personally am vaccinated, but, um, you know, it's a personal decision, of course, that everybody has. And if you want to get vaccinated, go right on ahead and do so. If you don't, that is your personal choice. Uh, Kyrie Irving, though, so far he has decided not to get the vaccination and uh, the laws in New York, New York City, uh, will prevent him from playing home games, at least so far. Now, just a couple of days ago, though, uh, ironically, it came out that he's able to practice in New York because they call the practice facility a private facility. Personally, I think there's some hanky-panky that's getting ready to go on with there. It's too much money that's getting ready to be lost uh, uh, by Kyrie Irving. So I'm not sure if the city of New York, they're going to find some sort of loophole that will allow him to play home games uh, in uh, the Barclays Center or when they play the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. If he's not able to play in those venues, and if he decides to go the whole year without playing in New York, he stands to lose around, I don't know, $17, 18000000 million. Now, off the surface, you may think, man, there's no anywhere I'm not going to lose that type of money. I'm getting this vaccine, and I'll just take my chances. Kyrie Irving is a different cat. That dude is a different cat, man. I ain't going to cap. He's different. He may be the type of guy to say the hell with the $17 million. I'm I'm going with my conviction. I'm going with my, my faith or whatever his reasoning is behind not getting the vaccination. And he might say the hell with the money. I'm only going to play on the road. Now, how that's going to affect the Brooklyn Nets, personally, I think it'll have a negative effect. I, I just can't see Brooklyn going the whole season without Kyrie Irving playing any home games. And, and even, even if that did happen, they would still make the playoffs. Hell, you still got Kevin Durant, James Harden, that one-two punch alone is going to put them in the playoffs as long as they're healthy. But when the playoffs start, what, they're going to uh, just uh, – those two superstars will play in New York and Kyrie Irving won't be available in the playoffs. I just can't see that happening. There's also the, the slight possibility that Kyrie Irving may be traded to a team or to a city that, that does not have the strict COVID vaccination laws that New York and or Los Angeles has. But what team is going to take on Kyrie Irving first with that large contract and with the way that he leads his personal life? Maybe I just said that wrong because his personal life is his personal life. But when it gets in the way of playing basketball, if you're leaving a team two weeks at a time, taking a leave of absence, you're not ill, you're not sick, you're not injured or anything like that, and you just basically walk off the job for two weeks and come back, I don't see another team taking a chance on um, trading for Kyrie Irving. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out with the Brooklyn Nets and Irving. And then lastly, I'm really, really looking forward to watching the Chicago Bulls play. They have a really, really good young squad. They have Alonzo Ball over there, of course. You have Nikola Vucevic, the high-flying Zach Levine, and then you have the veteran DeMar DeRozan. I think that is a pretty, pretty uh, good young squad that's going to, 
make a little noise in the East. Not saying that they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or anything like that, but I think that's a playoff team. You also have Caruso that came over from the Lakers. Kobe White's there to back up uh, Lonzo Ball. Kobe White may be feeling some kind of weight, and Lonzo Ball just coming in and took his job, but he's a he's a he'll be a pretty pretty good backup. Then you had a high flying Patrick Williams over there, and look for his young kid from the University of Illinois, the Fighting Illini. His name is Ayo Dasumu. If you guys have never seen him play, he is a silky smooth shooter from mid-range. He definitely can shoot the three as well. He kind of reminds me of an old-school Alex English, the way he shoots. Just a really, really smooth shooter. So uh, definitely, definitely a good draft pick by the Chicago Bulls. So, again, I'm looking forward to seeing them play. So with that, L.A. sports fans, L.A. basketball fans, I'm going to leave right there. Thanks again for listening to this episode. And, again, if you don't want to miss any other future episodes, make sure that you subscribe to or through whatever platform that you get your podcast from. And with that, until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, peace.